What's up? I'm Ben Hale, and this is the Easy Living Yards podcast. Creating a beautiful yard should be easy. Let's jump in and create the dream yard you deserve so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. Welcome to episode 75 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful summer. Uh, when this podcast is coming out, it's the early part of July. I'm actually recording this, pre-recording this show on July 4th. So happy belated 4th to everybody out there that is uh, of American descent. And um, I'm having a wonderful summer with my family. I hope you're doing the same. Uh, things are busy. Things are crazy. Our, our landscape is, is not where I'd love it to be. I, I'm guessing you're probably in the same boat too. Uh, and that's why we're here, right? So, um, but life is good. We're having a wonderful time with our little guys uh, this summer. They're enjoying the outdoors. We've finally gotten a, a vegetable garden planted here in southwestern Ohio, where June was the wettest June on record. I'm pretty sure it was ridiculous. It was super wet, and uh, we couldn't really plant stuff. And when there was a gap, it just didn't work out for us. So finally, we've gotten some plants in the ground. We've gotten some seeds in the ground, and hopefully we can get uh, something of a yield this year. If not, hopefully we can get something that the boys enjoy uh, with our garden. That's really a big purpose for our garden. Uh, our vegetable garden is to just really have something to teach our kids where food comes from, to have some nutritious, healthy food uh, if we get any yield, and just to have them to do something that they can see an impact of what they do. Anyway, all right, nothing to do with the show today. I just wanted to wish you a happy summer. We're jumping right into summer here, and you know, that's get when it gets hot, gets a little crazy with time and events going on, and it's really important to think about our yards and how they're not so important, right? To focus our priorities on what is important and to not worry about spending so much work on our yard when we could be doing things that are more meaningful. Okay, so today's show... We're talking about safe mosquito control. Let's face it, mosquitoes, they suck, right? So so how do you prevent them from causing such a problem with you and your family? They're a huge discomfort. They're considered the, the number one most lethal animal in the world for humans, uh, which is kind of crazy, right? To think that such a small insect causes such a big problem. Well, luckily here in the States where I'm recording this, they're not as big of a problem as other parts of the world, but they are responsible for transmitting disease, right? We've heard in the news recently about Zika virus. We've heard about West Nile virus a few years ago. Uh, other parts of the world, it's dengue fever, malaria. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this one, but chinkunguya, I think is what it's called. Those are all pretty serious diseases that are transmitted by mosquitoes. These little guys, right, they cause a big problem. And so what do we do about it? Well, a lot of times, you know, what we do is we go out and we get some bug spray, right, some DEET. Um, we get some, maybe we have somebody come by and treat our yard to prevent uh, mosquitoes, right, from causing such a problem in our yards. Uh, a lot of municipalities actually have a truck that comes around and sprays and fogs the air. There's a lot of things that are done to, to deal with mosquitoes. Well, the reality is those things aren't always the safest thing. This is a show based on my opinion, so it's a very controversial issue. Some people don't mind this, and if you don't mind, 
wondering what is safe mosquito control, you can go ahead and skip this show and that's totally fine. But if you're here and wondering what you can do to keep your family safe from mosquitoes and not have to worry about the chemicals you're using to do so, stick around and we'll have some chats about how we can do this. Now first, before we jump into that, I want to understand, or just get us on the same page, I guess, as to what don't we really like about mosquitoes? Why don't we like mosquitoes? I think this one's pretty obvious, right? But but we just kind of touched on it, right? So they they bite you, they suck your blood, right? And in doing so, they can transmit disease. And aside from that, they're just uncomfortable, right? They cause an itchy bite that uh, you know leaves you with something that causes a little unsightly welt and kind of itches, right? So um, it's not the funnest thing in the world and they can be dangerous, right? So, so that's why we don't like them. But are they actually a useful part of our world? Do they actually matter, right? That's a, that's a bigger question. And I just want to give us a perspective here is really why I'm asking this question. Well, the reality is mosquitoes, they're actually pollinators. They actually pollinate plants, which is we've been learning, you know, we've been suffering major pollinator decline over the past couple years. And mosquitoes are a fundamental part of that pollinator system. So they actually drink nectar when they're not biting you and sucking your blood. Uh, the female mosquitoes do that to nurture and nourish their eggs to allow their eggs to develop. Uh, and that's why they suck blood. But aside from that, adult mosquitoes also feed on nectar from plants. And so they're actually really important pollinators. Likewise, they feed wildlife. So aside from biting us and sucking our blood, they also are food sources for birds, bats. Uh, their larvae are food sources for frogs and fish. And a ton of other animals as well are supported by the existence of mosquitoes. So just completely eradicating mosquitoes from existence, while it might be more comfortable for humans in the short term, right, reducing the transmission of disease, it would be awesome to, to cut away the disease transmission piece, right? But the reality is they also serve a fundamental piece in each ecosystem they exist in. Okay, so I just wanted to give that perspective. I'm not saying mosquitoes are good. Like I said early on, they're the number one creature most responsible for human death. So they're they're a problem, right? Here in the United States, they're not as much of a problem. Okay, so our, jumping to the next topic, are the current solutions really safe? Are they safe? Well, a lot of them use synthetic chemicals. Uh, we've all heard of DEET, right? So DEET is a synthetic chemical that was found to repel mosquitoes. And it's very effective. It works. Now, the reality is there's a, a substantial amount of research that's been done that shows it might not be the safest chemical for us at the same time. So while it is very effective, like a lot of synthetic chemicals, they are effective at their target purpose. But at the same time, they're not without side effects. And the question that you have to decide for yourself is whether those side effects are worth it. And so DEET and other synthetic chemicals in the current solutions they do all have known side effects and, and such as, you know, causing cancer. And so it's up to you to decide whether that's important to you. We've all heard, or most of us have probably heard of the chemical DDT. Well, DDT is a banned pesticide that was used widely to treat 
for mosquitoes in the past. Here it caused massive environmental and human problems. And finally, after causing massive widespread problems that was completely and thoroughly substantiated, was the chemical finally banned. We're still suffering from the effects of it. We still have uh, a lot of predatory birds that they suffered massive population declines based on the use of DDT and its persistence in the environment. And so they are still bouncing back from that years and years after its ban. Okay, so enough on that. Another piece that is used quite extensively right now is a group of chemicals called pyrethrins. Pyrethrins are synthetic chemicals that are inspired by a a chemical that exists naturally in the chrysanthemum flower. You might know this flower more commonly as the mum. So mums have this chemical in them that they secrete. And when it's concentrated, it was found that it had repellent effects on mosquitoes. So that's really cool, right? Well, then we took this inspiration and we created other groups of chemicals very similar to that that were derived synthetically. And these pyrethrins are considered largely right now, they're, they're considered safe. Whether I believe that is another, another topic, but they are considered safe for use. And these pyrethrins, because they're considered safe for use, are used very widespread right now. And now there's research coming out that's showing that they might not be as safe as they once were considered. Okay, And so these pyrethrins are used quite extensively and in a lot of products. And so for you out there, it's up to you to decide and to do the research what's right and safe for you. And I said pyrethrins. Pyrethrins are actually, I have to make a correction here. Pyrethrins are the naturally occurring extract from the chrysanthemum flower. And pyrethroids are the synthetic one. So really doesn't matter a whole lot. Uh, both chemicals, even the naturally occurring one, is is considered um, not necessarily safe. There's research that's showing that it might have some alternative or some side effects, some some health effects. So, okay, I don't want to dwell on this too much. I just want to highlight because a lot of us don't even think about whether the stuff we're putting on ourselves or putting on our kids or our dogs or putting in our landscape that can expose our kids or our dogs might actually have an effect, right? And so it's, it's really, I'm just kind of raising this question and kind of putting this bug into your ear so you can go out and make your own decision as to whether or not you think this stuff's safe and whether or not you uh, want to use it. Okay, so what about yard treatments, right? This is a really popular thing right now. It's quickly growing in popularity is to get your yard treated for mosquitoes. And so with yard treatments, a lot of times, uh, so there's a, for example, there's a company, I don't necessarily endorse this company. In fact, I, I don't, is a company called Mosquito Joe. They're really really popular around our area right now and across much of the United States. And they tout this, uh, their slogan is making outdoors fun again, I think, or making outside fun again. Well, yes, they take care of the mosquito problem. That they're effective at, which is good, right? That's really good. But is it safe? They claim to be safe. They use pyrethroids. And again, maybe in specific use, They're not necessarily bad, but in widespread use, that's the unknown. And right now they're being used widespread 
And this chemical exposure to these pyrethroids, it can expose your kids, your pets, yourself, fish, and bees. Now, this exposure, kids and pets specifically, are much more sensitive than adults to chemical exposure. Likewise, pyrethroids are well known to be highly toxic to aquatic life. So that's fish. So this this stuff kills fish. Likewise, it's coming out that it's it's now been found that these these chemicals, these pyrethroids, while they're targeted for mosquitoes, they also kill things like your pollinators. Your bees, right? We're hearing a lot about bees right now, honeybees. This stuff's highly toxic to honeybees and other pollinators, butterflies, okay? These are the things we care about, right? So while we don't like mosquitoes, it also has these non-target effects on other insects, on fish, and potentially on your kids and your pets too. Now, I do have to say, there's, there's a saving grace here. And that is that Mosquito Joe and other companies, some of them do have a, quote, natural option. Okay, they claim it's not, it it doesn't last as long, okay? But at least this company I've talked about, Mosquito Joe, their natural option uses garlic oil or a mixture of rosemary and peppermint oils. These are, (laughs) these extracts have been used for thousands of years around people, Okay, and so these are much safer for people and pets. So the saving grace is that if you want your yard treated for mosquitoes, potentially you can look into this natural option and make sure 100% sure that the person treating your lawn is using the natural option, which is known to be safer. Okay, so what is safe, right? I've talked about all this stuff that we know works, but maybe it's not actually safe. So what is safe? Well, safe is different depending on who you talk to. If you talk to the chemical companies that use these chemicals, they claim their chemicals are safe, all right? Me, I don't necessarily buy the people that are trying to sell you this stuff as to whether or not something's safe. So to me, safe has a greater chance if it's naturally based, if it's non-synthetic or a non-synthetic chemical, okay? So if something's like a so, so for example the pyrethrins that we talked about the naturally occurring extract from the chrysanthemum flower i would i would wager that that has a higher chance of being safe than a chemical a synthetic chemical produced in a lab this is just my opinion okay now it's been found that pyrethrins aren't 100% safe either so This is basically an indication as to whether or not something has a greater chance to be safe to me, okay? And that's my opinion. So let's talk about safe mosquito control and how I perceive you can develop a strategy to take care of mosquito problems in your yard and reducing the risk of exposure to potentially harmful substances to you and your family and your pets, okay? So I have five strategies, five buckets of things you can do to have safe mosquito control in your yard. Okay, I'm going to start out from the beginning. This is not as easy as the conventional option. It's also, generally speaking, not quite as effective. But 
if you take care, take all of these five strategies into account, you likely can have a very effective result. Okay? So it takes more work, it takes a little bit of dedication, but you can do it. Okay? So these five strategies I've broken into environmental strategies, natural strategies, spatial mosquito control, traps for mosquitoes, and repellent. Okay, so those are the five buckets. Again, environmental mosquito control, natural mosquito control, spatial mosquito control, safe mosquito traps, and safe mosquito repellent. Okay, those are our groups. So let's start out. Let's just dive right in and and crank through each of these so you can have some actionable options. I want you to come away with from today's show with some actionable options of how to take care of mosquitoes in your yard. And guys, I, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, but I'm going to have basically a mega resource associated with this episode. So you can go to ely.how slash mosquito, ely.how slash mosquito, and there I'm going to have the resource page for this show. You can also go to ely.how slash episode 75. But for the sake of today's show, I've created a special link, ely.how slash mosquito. And that's going to cover this whole resource. So I'm going to have links to a bunch of the things I talk about today. Likewise, I may have in the future, I'm going to continue to update this resource. So I may have reviews or videos or uh, other resources as I, you know, as I grow and develop in this area and test new things. There's always new things coming out on the market. So things may change. Okay. But for now, uh, check out ely.how slash mosquito. And there is the resource page connected with this show. Likewise, you, you'll likely be able to find some links in the show notes or some at least some notes in the show notes, depending on what podcasting app you have. Okay. All right. So let's dive into environmental mosquito control. So there's a couple strategies here. Basically, what you do in your immediate environment influences whether or not mosquitoes can breed, lay their eggs, complete their larval stage, and turn into adults that will bite you. Okay, so if you break that cycle, this is an effective strategy. So that's what I'm talking about with environmental mosquito control. So what can we do? Well, first, you want to reduce water pooling in your area. So anywhere that water can pool for greater than three days is enough to allow mosquitoes to grow and develop in your area. So let's talk a little science and biology here, okay? I know I'm not going to nerd out too much on you guys, but I just want you to understand how mosquitoes work. So let's start with the mommy, okay? The the female mosquito, after she's bitten you, okay, she already is fertile, okay? So she bit you to help her fertile eggs grow and develop. So now she has enough protein from the blood she got from you to let her eggs grow. So now she finds a nice wet area of stagnant water. Stagnant water is what they look for. So if you have a creek running by you, they're not going to lay their eggs there because they need that nice stagnant pool for those little larvae to develop. So she finds maybe an old tire or a bucket that forgot to be overturned or maybe a ditch or a culvert, right? Whatever it is, she goes finds that stagnant water and she lays her eggs. Then she flies off, maybe tries tries to breed again and do do the whole process again, right? But let's follow those eggs. So now those eggs develop in that stagnant pool, 
and assuming that they don't get eaten by something, they hatch into a little larva. This little larva, if you ever had those little sea monkeys as a kid, uh, you know what I'm talking about. If not, don't worry about the reference. But these little larvae look like a little tiny sea monkey, and they twitch around. They're about maybe uh, three to four millimeters long, and they twitch around in the water, and they, they grow and they develop eating little stuff. I can't remember actually what they eat, like bacteria or something or little particles in the water. Whatever they eat, they eventually... Uh, develop into a pupa. So a pupa is a little tiny thing, just like if you think about the very hungry caterpillar, right? So the very hungry caterpillar eats and eats and eats and eats and eats, becomes a big fat caterpillar, and then turns into a cocoon or chrysalis or pupa. Okay, so a pupa for a mosquito is where they metamorphosize, okay? So they go through metamorphosis, turning from a larva into an adult mosquito. So that's where that happens is when they go into their pupa stage. So they go from an active little squirmy larva growing around. And after, uh, depending upon the, the, you know, the conditions, the weather, the type of mosquito it is, it's anywhere from a few days to, to a few weeks, right? Not, not quite that long, but a few days to a week or so. Okay. They're a larva. They turn into a pupa and then they go through metamorphosis and then they kind of float to the top and emerge from the top of the water as an adult mosquito. And whether they're male or female, the males actually don't bite you. It's the females. They go to mate, and once they mate, the females seek out a host for blood, whether that's a human or a raccoon or a bird, uh, whatever. There's different mosquitoes that target different creatures, and some are generalists that go after people too. That's the life cycle, okay? So after that diversion there. Now you understand how a mosquito works. Now we can target that biology. That's why I want to talk about this. If we break that cycle, then we can reduce the amount of mosquitoes in our area. So when it comes to environmental mosquito control, reducing the amount of water pools in your area helps a lot. Likewise, one thing that a lot of people don't think about is their gutters. Gutters are a, a culprit for a lot of mosquito breeding. Whether it's you or your neighbors, if you don't keep your gutters clean, there is water, enough water sitting in those gutters for mosquitoes to breed and develop, okay? Or to to develop as larvae and emerge as adults. So keep your gutters clean, especially in the spring and summer during mosquito season, okay? Now, I want to say, if you have a pond, ponds can be okay. This is if it's a even if it's a little tiny ornamental one, if it's big enough to support some biodiversity, so if it supports minnows, fish, uh, amphibians like salamanders and, and frogs, if you have little critters like that in your pond, your pond is okay because those critters will eat the mosquito larva. Okay, some of them even eat the eggs. So, so if you have enough of a pond that supports some biodiversity, you're okay. If your pond does not have biodiversity like that, if it doesn't have some fish, some frogs, and so on and so forth, then you want to make sure that pond is monitored and treated potentially to reduce mosquito larva breeding. Larva and, and, and mosquito breeding uh, adults. Okay, um, so when it comes to treatment, there actually is a safe treatment out there. Safe for humans, okay? And this is a bacteria called... Um, there's a specific strain of bacteria. So it's Bacillus 
thuringiensis israelis, okay? It's a giant mouthful, right? So that's why people call it just BTI for short. Basically, that you may have heard of BT corn, right? So, so BT corn is this genetically engineered corn that has these genes that were taken out of a bacteria, uh, the Bacillus thuringiensis bacteria, and they were put into the corn plant, right? So, so these genes uh, cause problems for the the corn earworm or whatever, um, the other insect pests that like to eat corn. So it secretes this chemical inside the corn leaves and the uh, critters, the little insect pests, eat this leaf and then uh, it disrupts their gut and they die. Okay, so (laughs) um, a lot of fun, right? Well, this bacteria, this naturally occurring bacteria, forget the genetically engineered corn, the naturally occurring bacteria has the same effect on mosquito larvae. So if you put this thing called a mosquito dunk that contains Bacillus thuringiensis israelis, or BTI, if you put this mosquito dunk into your standing water, this bacteria will dissolve into the water, and as the larvae are developing, they'll ingest this bacteria, and the larvae will die, stopping the life cycle of the, ins- or of the mosquito. So this only kills the larvae of a mosquito, and that's why it's really... Uh, a, a pretty safe thing. This is naturally occurring in the environment. It hasn't been engineered or modified or anything like that. And so this is a, a natural um, a natural intervention. Okay, so, so look for BTI uh, mosquito dunks. All right, and I'll have a link again if you go to ely.how. That's ely.how slash mosquito. Okay, there's a link for these guys over there. Um, so you can treat these stagnant pools if you can't get rid of them. Uh, Likewise, we hear a lot about plants, right? Mosquito plants. Well, are they really effective? Well, the the jury's kind of out, and it kind of leans towards no, not really. So we hear about lemongrass being used for mosquito control, uh, lemon thyme, and there's also uh, the citronella plant, um, or uh, there's a plant called the mosquito plant, actually, that was marketed heavily uh, 20, 30 years ago as, uh, you know, a, a mosquito repellent plant just by being there. Well, the reality is there's there's some grain of truth behind these. It's not just hokey. Well, and what it is is each of these plants secrete a an oil or uh, like, so the citronella plant, uh, I think the oil is called citronellol, actually. Um, and this oil is repellent to mosquitoes, so they don't like it. Well, there's not enough secreted just by the plant existing and growing there. And so the reality is these extracts of these plants are effective as repellents. But just by growing there, they're not necessarily, not clearly effective on their own. Now, that doesn't say that they won't hurt having them, right? So if you want to surround your patio with some lemongrass or lemon thyme, it definitely won't hurt, right? It's not a bad thing to have around, but they might not necessarily do it, especially just on their own. Now, that said, if you have a, pl- a place where you walk, say, across a pathway, that's a wonderful spot to put something like lemon thyme where, where it can grow in between the cracks of the patio. And as you walk over it, those oils are released into the air. So that does have a greater effect when those plant leaves are broken up and the oils are released into the air. 
So something to think about there. Okay, so let's move on. So what about natural mosquito control? We just talked about some environmental stuff, some things we can do to change the immediate environment around us. What about natural mosquito control? Well, here I'm talking about, it's like biological warfare, all right? So kind of like that BTI stuff we talked about, right? That's bacteria biological warfare that works on the larvae of the mosquito. It doesn't work on the adults, just the larvae. And so these are other things that combat mosquitoes. So here I'm talking about bats and swallows, okay? So bats and birds, all right? So bats, they eat bugs, right? So there are claims out there. I want to I put this into perspective. If you've ever looked into bats, having a bat house to deal with mosquitoes, you may have heard, well, bats eat thousands of mosquitoes per night and they fill up their body weight with mosquitoes, right? Or something like that. Well, here's the reality. Yes, potentially in a closed environment, a bat could probably eat that many mosquitoes if they kept flying and kept eating. However, in the real world, that's probably not accurate unless it's a bat living in a swamp with swarms and swarms of mosquitoes. So the reality is that while they don't eat thousands and thousands of mosquitoes a night, most likely, they still eat mosquitoes and other insects. So they're a generalist predator, right? Bats don't target mosquitoes specifically. In fact, they usually look for the bigger, juicier bugs that might be flying around. But mosquitoes fly at night, generally speaking, and so do bats. So they will eat mosquitoes. So it doesn't hurt to have them around, right? Bats are also suffering population decline in a lot of areas. So you can also not only benefit your yard by reducing the amount of mosquitoes there, you can also help the bats at the same time. So what can you do? Well, you can build or buy a bat house. And so I'll have links on how you can build a bat house in the show notes at ely.how slash mosquito. And likewise, a link to buy one if you're not in the mood for building one. And you can find out more about what bat houses do as well. Basically, here's the short story. If you hang them about 15 feet high, they have this little slit in the bottom where the bats can fly up in this slit and they can roost in there during the day and kind of stay warm, uh, especially over the winter months, and, and then come out at nighttime, right? And so... It's this little tiny box, kind of like a birdhouse, but much slimmer, and it doesn't let um, you know things like raccoons get in it and stuff to to bother the bats. Okay, so check out getting a bat house. It's good for conservation, and it's also it definitely doesn't hurt for mosquitoes. Next, swallows, specifically purple martins. Okay, you might have heard about purple martins um, if you've ever gone to Amish country. You may have seen these giant strings of, of gourds and little houses uh, all around their property. And what these are are little houses for purple martins. And so uh, in, you know, in Amish tradition, uh, there's not a whole lot of chemical use or anything like that, a lot of uh, modern equipment use. And so they generally deal with pests uh, in different ways. And, and swallows and martins are one of those ways where these purple martins are these these uh swallow type birds that are insect predators and so they fly around all day searching and diving and swooping for insects and so especially in the early morning and the later evening when mosquitoes are active purple martins can help 
control mosquitoes. Now, there again, like just like bats, there's claims that they can eat like 2,000 mosquitoes a day. In reality, that's probably not true. But it, they can, you know, if you add in multiple measures here, we're talking about, you know, the environmental controls, the natural control, the spatial control, the traps, the repellents. If you do the combination of these things, they all add up to make a positive difference. So, again, you can build or buy a Purple Martin house to help have Purple Martins on your property. And there's some specifics here I'm not going to get into in this show to basically keep things like sparrows out of Purple Martin nests and to attract Purple Martins themselves. Instead, these are migratory birds. They leave in the winter, they come back in the spring. And and so um, having them out at the right time is important. So basically, I'll have a link to a um, some resources where you can find out about having uh, the right uh, environment for purple martins and to attract them. Okay, so those are some ways you can attract natural predators of mosquitoes. All right, guys, here's the deal. So we are already well into this show and we have not gotten through maybe half of the stuff we've talked about today so i want to wrap up the show today we're going to turn this into a two-part show on safe mosquito control it's really important stuff so i don't want to you know gloss over some of this stuff instead i want to give it all a fair shake and give you guys some actionable things that you can do in your yard with multiple strategies and that's really how things are going to work is using these multiple strategies to really make a difference so they combine together to make a big difference. So we're going to stop here for today and we'll pick up next week. And again, so we're going to talk about all of our strategies. So we're talking again about environmental mosquito control, natural mosquito control, spatial treatment, uh, trap Uh, So safe mosquito traps and safe mosquito repellents. So that's where we're going to wrap up at the end of next week. We'll talk on all of these subjects and we'll pick up again next week. So guys, for you out there, make sure you go check out the show links. Uh, Again, I have a lot of links from today's show as well as the stuff we'll talk about next week. So I have links. You can go over to ely.how slash mosquito and that link will get you all the info for both shows. Uh, we're going to have like a massive page here that I'm going to have both shows posted and, and the resources that we'll, we'll talk about safe mosquito control. So this will be things like, uh, BT dunks. So, uh, safe things that you can put for safe mosquito control in water that controls the larva, how to build a bat box, um, how to find a bat box for sale if you don't want to build one, how to build a purple martin house, um, purple martin houses for sale, uh, getting tiki torches, also some of the traps we're going to be talking about, and the, uh, a safe uh, mosquito repellent as well. So as always, guys, if you are ready to make a massive change in your yard and you want the help you need to create the yard you deserve, go on over, check out the ELY membership. You can always find it at ely.how slash membership or check out the links in the today's show notes. As always, you can go over to ely.how slash pod and right at the top of the page, you can ask a question. Of course, there's always a link in the show notes as well to do that. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today. And keep safe out there with those mosquitoes.